I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast that covered every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and now we're talking about the prequel, The Winchesters. We are back with episode 10. Chris, we only have three episodes of this, this show left. It's going so fucking fast. I don't know what's it's happening. real fast. <laughs> this is kind of nuts. It uh, doesn't help that we're recording kind of back to back. I want to get out front real quick. I don't actually know when... Um, we'll be recording next. I have a medical procedure coming up and I will be like out probably for at least four or five days, if not for a week or two. I don't know if I'll be able to record during the recovery process. Um, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I will, I will talk about it a little bit more publicly once I'm kind of ready to or whatever. Um, but if you see a gap, like if you, if you're listening to this episode and you're like running to your RSS feed going like, where's, where's 282, what's 283? I have to have it. Uh, there may be a small gap for our regular listeners. Of course, if you're listening to this in the future, you have no problems unless I die, which would <laughs> suck ass. And we'd sure. never, we would never finish it. Like that would be a bummer. Yeah, I probably won't. I probably will not be solo finishing the Winchester if, uh, if I lose Jeremy. So. <laughs> that would be a weird, I don't know. I don't know. I think about that. Hey guys, that. my co-host died. But uh, anyway, in this episode, yeah, um... I replaced Jeremy with another guy, and we're just going to keep on going. So, yeah. um, but no, I'm I'll, I'm sure I'll be fine, um, and I'm I'll, I will do okay. So I just wanted to warn people that there might be a slight delay in some podcasts. In other news, Chris, what has been happening so, on the Winchesters? Well, last time on the Winchesters. John faced down visions of his own death after coming into contact with the mysterious amulet from a religious vampire cult. But while the team rallied to defeat the vampires and save John from his fate, trouble was brewing in Lawrence once again. Betty has teamed up with the reporter Kyle to investigate Mary and her friends, but little do they know that Kyle is actually an Akrita and their troubles are only just getting started. We are covering Winchester Season 1, Episode 10, Suspicious Minds, named after the song of the same name from one Elvis Presley. Uh, this was directed by Andy Armaganian and written by Gabriel Alejandro Garza and Julia Cooperman. It aired on February 7th, 2023. An unexpected visitor. While Carlos talks through a problem in his personal life, it gives Latika a new idea about how to find the Akrita Queen. Millie's new security system for the clubhouse proves helpful when Mary and John find an unexpected guest inside. Meanwhile, Latika's idea brings her and Carlos face-to-face with an unexpected ally. Um, this is a pretty... It's it's a bummer that this show wasn't renewed because I feel like mm-hmm. this is one of those like classic kind of Monster of the Week fun little like in between episodes uh but you guys showed us dean winchester two episodes to get to go in the last episode you showed us dean winchester but briefly we get another uh picture of dean winchester in this episode i just need you guys to solve this i am i am kind of done like this is the third episode and i'm just i just need you to to hurry up with the plots where's dean where's dean as as we are often asking um uh I will, yeah, this this episode in particular, though, I found myself thinking throughout it, like, man, I wish that's out of season two, because they're they're really hitting their stride, and I'm really really starting to like. I mean, I've liked them all along, but I'm really starting to like Carlos and Lata, and I just feel like there's so much potential for their story arcs. We know where John and Mary's is going, but we, you know, everybody else has a question mark. So yeah. it it really it started to sting a lot more in this one because I I think particularly because you and I have been watching them kind of back to back to to record that I'm getting it in a quicker dose than I had been in the past. And now I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm like, damn, I want to watch more. I want to know what's going to happen. And it's, it's a shame unless they really stick the landing of this first season. I think it'll be a real shame, but if this can conclude in a satisfying way, I can be satisfied with the one really great season. It is what it is. But right now I'm feeling a little bummed. I will say, uh, having finished it a few months back, um, I was very satisfied with this as a, as a full season. Um, I, I am, good. I am bummed that there's not more, uh, but I am not like, uh, desperate for content in a way that like the, the writers let me down or something. Um, mm-hmm. so, and I'm, you know, it's going to be interesting because my opinions on a lot of the stuff changes as we hash you and I hash it out, like hearing your side of, uh, hear your opinions on these episodes often has an impact on my own. So it'll be curious mm. how the, the ending hits the both of us. Um, in this episode, we're going to start out in Lawrence, Kansas, 1957. There's a woman broke down on the side of the road. Another car pulls up and a second woman gets out. Uh, the second woman, Dorothea, is volunteers to help, uh, even though that is way outside of the gender norms. They're very excited about it. Uh, <laughs> the first woman is like, oh, yeah, like you just need a wrench to fix my timing belt or whatever. There's a toolbox in the trunk. I'll go get it. Uh, instead of picking up the toolbox, she picks up a crowbar 
and says like, hey, Dorothea. And Dorothea's like, well, that's weird. She knows my name. And then she knocks the fuck out of Dorothea. Uh, and it turns out this first woman, this unnamed woman is Akrita. She's got the, the three yeah. stinger marks. Um, uh-oh, everybody. We're not going to find out really anything about what's happening in this until way, way later in the episode, uh, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. We get an intro and then we jump to modern day Lawrence, or I guess not modern day Lawrence, uh, where Millie is finishing setting up a security system. So basically, if anybody breaks in to uh, the 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 Scooby Gang hideout, uh, it will Mm -hmm. be Mary's home at the Winchester home, or excuse me, the Campbell home will be alerted. And she's done this through the use of uh, circuits, relays, and pressure pads. A a real fucking... (laughs) Just a phone rings. (laughs) Yeah, a real home alone situation that Millie has crafted in this whole situation. I, I like it a lot, though. Um, so she's done this. She mentions that, you know, she's still working on the monster box, which the name of I have forgotten at this point. Um, but yeah, everybody's off hunting down leads. And I actually thought at this point in the episode, they were going to indicate that uh, Carlos and Lata would not be appearing in this. But they do when they get the whole uh, good storyline throughout this. So I was surprised. But just the way that they kind of like dismissed everybody like, oh, it's just John and Mary here and they're going to have to deal with the main cases. Mm-hmm. I was I was pleasantly surprised to find, oh, everyone still is in this episode. Um, but as John and Mary are kind of looking through, everybody's off following leads. John and Mary are looking through Men of Letters files i guess or they're going to to try and find any old piece of information they might have missed where mary uh sees a piece of her own mail that she received and it's a letter from ksu she's clearly applied to college she's too afraid to open the letter john opens it for her he reads it i like that his reaction is to just smirk Mm-hmm. When he reads it and he doesn't like read it out loud to her, he doesn't tell her if she was accepted, but he smirks and then she immediately knows, oh my God, I got into college. Um, and this is a great opportunity. They can both, there's like a spark of hope between them because now it's like, hey, this is the normal life that, that you're working towards and it's right around the corner. Yeah. And I, it's once again, this episode, when you frame it against the the original series you're like well what the fuck happens that she didn't go to college right like what what happened does she get pregnant is the sam winchester's fault we don't know we we really don't know i mean it it would be (laughs) dean's fault in that case but it's probably sam's fault (laughs) when was sam born 1982 who cares doesn't matter uh (laughs) i do want to say this is a real cute (laughs) (laughs) um this is real cute between mary and john as they're as they're going back and forth and as she's so excited she she jumps in his arms and kisses him uh, and then the alarm goes off because Millie didn't create an alarm to detect uh, unwanted presences at the hideout. She de- detected it. She made, she created a kissing alarm, and that's what this is doing. Yeah, she just that's every time they kiss, it a, goes off. A phone rings every time that they they do smooches. Uh, but no, they decide it's going to. Uh, they they need to go check out the hideout. We get some D narration. I'm, you're usually really good about writing this. Hunting down. and happy endings don't usually mix. So when you get your chance, you gotta ask yourself, how far will I go to get it? There you go. Uh, just like him. Just, just, just like, like him. Dean Winchester. You really nailed it. Uh, back on back in on the highway, we see Carlos and Lata, who are looking for the Akrita Queen, looking for clues, not getting anywhere. Uh, Lata confirming that my belief that this is entire show is Scooby Doo coded is just dressed up like Velma. Like she just she's just she had glasses. She would be Velma right now, and that's really she's really great. In. Yeah, uh, and just fantastic. I just love everything. Uh, Carlos though it could barely keep his mind on the the case because he's too extracted by his 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 romantic interest Anton. Yeah. He's basically falling in love and he doesn't like that. He wants to put that away. He's very afraid of his feelings and he's very it's easy for Carlos to have flings, but this is getting serious. Like he really really likes this guy. So that's kind of like uh-oh. I and, need to shut this off now. And we find out that that's what he's done to all of his previous flings. Like he's never let right. them get serious. He just he just cuts and runs. And Lata is like, no, no, you sh- you absolutely shouldn't do this. And he's like, no, no, I'm seeing his face in pancakes. Like I've got to, I got to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, but as as they're talking about this, it gives Lata an idea. What if? Uh, they found someone who was previously possessed by the Akrita, and they could they could dig in and find those like repressed memories to see if they can find any clues, um, which is you know a pretty good idea. Yeah. Uh, and they do this; they're like, "Okay, let's take off." Carlos is like, "I've got the right person for the job," and then they like close the van doors. And there's this moment where they're like trying to figure out how to get around each other. And it's I don't know yeah. why I don't know if this was <laughs> scripted on purpose or if it was just like improv between the two of them. But I love it so much. Carlos and Lata are my faves. Yeah, this actually reminded me of 
calling it physical comedy is weird, but like some of the physical comedy that was in Supernatural, where it's like these two actors have great chemistry with each other, and they would, I think, add a little bit of that fun stuff to scenes. Like, you know, they're two brothers, so of course there's just these like kind of goofy-ass moments. And this just reminded me of that. And it, not that they are Sam or Dean or anything like them, but it just it gave me that vibe, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, it was a cute addition. Yeah. It's uh extremely nice, I think, as the as the as, as it may be. Uh, meanwhile, John and Mary have arrived back at the hideout uh, when they start seeing some weird stuff. Somebody has laid out a tea service. Someone is like mm-hmm. alphabetizing books and cleaning up. Uh, and then this random dude walks out and he uh, announces that his name is Peter J. Hobbs. He says he's men of letters. He let himself in with his key, and he's here to help them kill the Akrita queen it's just yeah. like i love that mary says something like oh what a mary poppins break in and john's like that's not like a that's not like, like a, a real monster, thing right like, mary poppins <laughs> is like a real monster right <laughs> uh they check out his bona fides a word i haven't really heard in a long time i like that a lot uh they've given him all the monster tests made him drink holy water and the whole nine um but uh the, he's checked out like he's in the the roster for the men of letters so mary mm-hmm. demands like hey where have you been what's where are all the rest of the men of letters what's been going on um he says that he was a neurosurgeon until he was recruited by mr glass which is kind of a reference to a previous supernatural either producer or director i looked it up and then i forgot about it um um but he was there not to like you know do medicine on any of the men of letters he was there to experiment on the minds of monsters very specifically turning monsters into watchdogs via lobotomies uh, pretty get, freaky man you get a pretty bad vibe almost immediately and john and mary are like this dude's checking out but like we yeah, that's weird <laughs> this is this is super weird uh and then um after so many years he retired uh, that was 15 years ago. John asked, like, hey, did you know my dad? And he's like, no, but if your dad was a middle letters, your legacy, how wonderful for your family. I never had any time for my own. Uh, real, real passive aggressive bullshit here. Okay. It's really fun. <laughs> um, he believes that the Akrita killed the monster of letters uh, because they had this big fight. They shoved the Akrita back. They weren't able to kill them all. Um, but they, you know, they, he thinks that it's, it's time, uh, he had to stop his research on, uh, oh no, excuse me. He didn't stop his research on how to kill them. And now he wants to come back and help the youngins kill the Credo one final mm-hmm. time. Uh, yeah, he's, he's out of retirement. Uh, cut over to Carlos and Lata. They have gone to a motel room to meet up with none other than Rock and Roxy. Um, now of course she is in human form she's no longer possessed by the akrita and she has been on one hell of a bender the room is destroyed and we are going to find out that she's basically she's lost her girlfriend she lost her job she lost her apartment like she was you know gone for weeks as the akrita and it ruined her life and she has essentially given up on everything and as we're going to find out through this conversation she's fully believed that she lost her mind because what her experience was she can't explain that she doesn't know about the Akrita or anything so she thinks that she it was just this one long delusion and that and she's mentally unwell and has ruined her life what a bummer uh this is just really really sad i think um i like so it's so rare that we actually get to sit and unpack this stuff with a victim of possession they did it what three times maybe it's supernatural like sam played with some of that stuff after being possessed by lucifer or whatever but uh, it's I don't want to say it's nice because it's horrible and tragic, but it's like I'm glad that they they take the time to unpack that stuff because it's it's you know makes these people feel more human, makes the world feel more human and real. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also just interesting from a storytelling perspective, like to unpack what she went through and see where we can go from there. That's just interesting. And she almost, when they tell her, like, hey, these dreams you're having are real, she almost seems relieved, right? Like, oh, I'm not just going fucking crazy. Uh, This is real. But at the same time, she's like, I don't want to remember any of this. Like, it's taking so much away from me. Like, she's lost her job, her apartment, her girlfriend. She just wants to forget all of this. And, like, she picks up a bottle of whiskey. There's whiskey bottles everywhere. She picks up a bottle of whiskey and tries to drain it. Alata says, hey, I know of a different way Uh, we we can help you forget uh, you just have to kind of trust me for a little bit. And Carlos is like, what in the fuck are you talking about, girl? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, before we get to that, though, we go back to the hideout uh, where Hobbs is telling Mary and John 
that if he could find somebody possessed by the Akrita, he can use the stingers and create a neurotoxin uh, that will not only kill the queen, but make it painful for the entire time that she is dying. Uh, and they're like, they, once again, sharing the look of like, is this dude fucking crazy to you? Yeah, that's or, definitely weird, but okay. <laughs> this is super fucking weird, man. Um, and fortunately, they they remember that there's a, a loose Akrita out there. <laughs> there's just this yeah. cop that comes <laughs> there's, back. There's an Akrita cop still walking the beat. You know, he's still working. He's still working. He's still closing cases. Let's, I mean, you gotta yeah. you kind of have to give this Akrita cop credit. You like, gotta put the hours in, you know I'm what I mean? Not, I'm not saying you have to hand it. You absolutely do not have to hand him to hand it to him. All cop a cab, right? But also, I mean, he this is an an alien from a different world, and he's he's on the case. He's solving crimes. He's helping people with their trucks. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like he gets called out to to help some somebody. So I guess this is just what he does. This what he's he got to blend in, so he's out there like doing traffic stops. He's just doing the the usual work. Yeah. Um. But this traffic stop or this this call that he gets, it was staged. It was from Mary. Um, they set this up. They just instantly um, take this guy down and kidnap his ass. Cons- a, a classic double brother bluff here. Yeah, where- this is this is double brother bluff. They, I mean, you got you got it from his daddy. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, this, this yeah. came from the parents. Um, classic move. Knock him over out with just some like juice. I don't know what this is, but who cares? Yeah. Um, we check in with the rest of the Krita. So uh, I I don't remember if this like lead woman, um, this redheaded woman, has a a name or not. But she's the, been the one who was collecting the monster essence, freeing the queen, who we still haven't seen. Um, and she's surrounded by like four or five other Krita. One of which is complaining about all of our fried foods. The second of which is like, yeah, but have you tried their ranch dressing? We're gonna put it on them when we consume them. Uh, which is yeah, it's funny, I guess. Um, sure. but the head of Krita is like, hey these hunters uh they were useful for collecting the monster monster essence but now we don't really need them let's let's fuck them up and that's when kyle stands up and says no kyle's there uh we the queen wants us uh to keep them alive because she believes that they will lead us to this person and on the on the table is a picture of dean winchester a different picture than the one we've seen before uh who they believe is a hunter and maybe the reason that the scooby gang got together in the first place Mm. so something again even the akrita are like we got to kill this dean dude we don't know what much about him but we got to kill this motherfucker uh very fun i think this is this is good stuff i think yeah, definitely. Um, it's just another little tease, and and I think it's exciting to know that the Akrita are kind of have are you know sniffing him out too. That there's more going on than than we even might have realized before. Yes. Um. All right. So they get the Akrita cop to the lab, and uh, Hobbs here definitely seems like he is he's cooking up a secret vendetta. He's got a lot broiling underneath. John and Mary continue to be very uncomfortable around him. Um, and then they discuss the fact that he's got like a, a what a mark on his finger, like he normally would be wearing a, a wedding ring. Um, but he's like, hey, he said he didn't have a family. What's up with that? Something's something's not adding up here. John explains all of this to Mary, the wedding ring thing about like, oh, when I was in Nam, you know, the 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 guys. Any there, chance to bring up the, your time in Nam, huh, John? Also that, but like you know, they used to put their ring on the on their necklace, and I, I would see the same indentation. And Mary, I just wanted Mary to be like, yeah, yeah, I know how to f- spot the married guys at the bar that are trying to hit on me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I am a woman. I have been out in the world. I have a, I'm a hunter, and I know exactly how creepy dudes are. Like, I spotted that the instant that he that he walked in the room. Um, Does but, it like leave an indentation on your finger for that? Long? I'm obviously I'm not married. I don't wear any rings, so. Um, does it, like if you take off your wedding ring, is there going to be a mark there three days later? I don't know. If three days. I don't. I never. I don't leave my wedding ring off that that often. Um, let me send you the mark on my finger right now. <laughs> if I take Perfect. it off, uh, because it is it is definitely like, uh oh, <laughs> you have a problem with circulation. Is what it looks like. Oh no. Um, but yeah, let me. I don't know. I don't know how this... long it would stay. I know the big thing is tan lines. Like that's the thing that um, I usually oh, sure. see. Um, like when I see dudes at the at the bar with a, a big old pale tan line going across, it's like, oh well, we know what you've been doing, my friends. All right, brother. <laughs> Who are you fooling? <laughs> Nobody at this bar, because we are all educated. Um, so as they are, uh, so we do that. We do all of the creative stuff. Um, Carlos brought it, brings in a box of olives, some a bunch of spell stuff to Lata, uh, and Lata confesses that. Uh, 
because this is not this is normally like Ada's job, but she's been getting secret private lessons from Tony, who is oh. Ada's half gen son, who had a little bit of a flirtation with her the last time we saw her, uh, and. Carlos calls her a dirty dozing tramp when he hears this, which is a very funny turn of phrase. I don't, I don't know what it means, but it's just very cute. It's very uh, funny. And he cannot help ah. himself but freaking out because she's been talking to Tony in her dreams as he's been quote unquote educating her on magical hypnosis. Like this sounds extremely sexual if you're on the internet yeah, in 2023. Sure <laughs> um, I started to think that Lata was lying about this. Uh, this whole thing and it didn't pan out this way but my interpretation going into this because we're we're setting her i thought in like juxtaposition against what's his name uh, hobbs where it's like oh he's kind of a he's a scientist who went down a dark path he followed the research down, down a dark path and i thought they were going to do the same thing with lata over here where she is maybe doing what it takes to get results and not caring about like the consequences in that she's going to make Roxy remember everything but that spell about forgetting oh sorry that doesn't actually work that's not really a thing I lied to get you to do for some reason I just was expecting that turn to come interesting in um and I don't know why I just feel like they set up some like there's like a secret darkness going on with her you know yeah and so I yeah. thought that she would be like you know what I'm desperate enough I will make her remember and then I'm just gonna be like oh sorry I can't the other the other half of it didn't seem to work I thought there was gonna be a little turn like that the interesting there thing about this show but, is that they they really do set you up to think there's going to be all of these turns all of these characters are gonna go dark side or do something dark and they really just mostly play it straight like they they usually like with mm. at the end of this like everybody kind of learns a lesson about memory or whatever uh and it's it's just very straightforward and it's nice and it feels wholesome like it's just they, they never thus far they have not like had these characters like go against their characterization for like a new motivation or anything which yeah. i actually really appreciate and it's interesting because I, I said last episode as well we've been watching the cw's nancy drew show and that in like true <laughs> gothic literature tradition every Buddy's got some secret, some twist, some of course, you know, yeah, yeah, adopted brother mm-hmm. that we didn't know. But you know, everybody's got a secret. Every episode ends on a cliffhanger with another twist and another reveal, and it so it constantly changes up the dynamics on you and makes you question, like, okay, wait, do I really trust this person? Do I really know what's going on with these characters? Uh, so maybe coming back into this, I'm just expecting like to see stuff like that happening. But you're right; they they play it pretty straightforward. You know, everybody's got their thing, yeah. and everybody has their character arcs, but they they are moving in the same direction. Absolutely, uh, I, and I like the way that this they do this because uh, Roxy comes out of the bathroom, says she's ready, and Lata draws uh, these like symbols on her arms on on roxy's arms uh using what looks like henna ink to me uh but i I could it could be something totally different so hopefully that's not um an inappropriate thing to say uh but they very much looks like like jen symbols that we normally would see on a jen and sure enough when she's Mm. finished she they glow blue which is a very like jen thing to do like i didn't even piece that together but yeah and it's just it's just very cool because she's like using jen using jen magic to do magical hypnosis um to 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 do this and it actually works reflects that and i just thought that was a kind of a nice touch um lata begins to guide roxy through her memories roxy is of course freaking out Uh, at one point she like grabs a knife and kind of comes after them and carlos is gonna like step in and do something but lata like talks her down roxy begins screaming in pain and she's really even reliving the moment that the akrita took her over um and then lata is able to eventually like guide her back into reality and ground her and roxy's like okay i think i know something like this underground thing um that they where they where they found the queen we jump over to mary uh who is doing even more research uh and on hobbs and finds out like it's a little weird but he had a because he mentioned earlier on that he built this lab uh, that he w- was experiment- experimenting all these monsters with. But if it, when he, she looks in the file, she actually finds out that it was built by Hobbs' assistant, Jack Wilcox, who had a wife, Dorothea. Uh, and Jack, after Dorothea was attacked by the Akrita, was kicked out of the Men of Letters for his experiments on humans. So, uh-oh. We've, uh-oh. <laughs> how this dude got a key is a whole other story. Yeah, um, who gave this man a key? But they they go downstairs to confront uh, Jack, uh, and there's a little like back and forth as they try to like hint around this. 
Um, and they, they even try to like poke at him a little bit like, well, clearly Hobbs was the brain of this whole operation, that, that kind of thing. Uh, but unfortunately, he's, he's one step ahead of them. He knows that they figured this out. He throws some sort of powder in their face and they both go down cold. Uh, and then he switches from this like very posh British accent to uh, what it can only be described as the most ridiculous foghorn leghorn southern accent that yeah. I've ever heard in my life. He's, um, he's, he's fogging that horn oh and my God, that dude. horn. I don't know what it is about Supernatural and Southern accents. Like, I know they're hard, um, and I know that they're <laughs> difficult. But, like, you don't have to lean in this hard. You don't have to be a fucking Southern gentleman. Like, you're in Kansas. Like, you probably uh, haven't talked like this in a long time. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> I've certainly never heard that kind of voice in real life. No, no. Uh, meanwhile, Carlos has found the location matching what Roxy gave them. They just skim over this, like, because she's like, they're underground. And Carlos is like, yep, found it. <laughs> and I don't really care about it at all because whatever. But, like, it's just very funny that they, the writers are even like, people don't care about this part. Like, let's get off with this. <laughs> uh, Roxy wakes up. Uh, she's very upset because she still remembers everything. And Lata's like, yep, that's what that we did phase one. Phase two is me doing the second part. Yeah, of this is what I was like, oh shit, she's not doing phase two. There is no phase two. Yeah, she lied. I get, yeah, I thought I had that thought for, for a moment. Um, Carlos offers her his come down tea. Uh, which is which is very funny to me for some reason. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you've ever done a lot of drugs where you felt like you had the need to cut that come down. But I've never had uh-huh. tea while I was doing that. That moment where you're like, "Am I gonna die?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel I feel hard. Like I can't go to sleep. My whole body hurts. Is uh, my heart rate normal? <laughs> everything I can feel everything way too much. Stuff smells weird. I need to need to get out of this. Maybe maybe marijuana will help me not feel this this much anymore. <laughs> um, but she. She rejects the tea and says, hey, I don't actually uh, want to forget. And they're kind of blown away by this. Like, why not? And she says, you're you're out there. You're going to try to use what I gave you to kill the queen, right? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And she goes, well, I want to remember that. I want to remember that I helped you do it. Um, and she's like, it's time to dry it up. And she starts grabbing liquor bottles to pour out. Uh, Carlos saves the bourbon, which is very funny to me. He's like, wait, 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 hey, yeah, <laughs> I'll on, take, on, I'll on. take that. Um, and that's, I think the last we're going to see of Roxy for the rest of the episode, but, uh, it's just, I think it's nice that she's like, kind of came to this conclusion of, you know what, actually I do want to remember this stuff. Um, I, this is something that's important to me and it, it should be important to me. So I want to remember it. Yeah. Uh, I think that rocks. That kicks a lot of butt. That she's like, yeah, yeah, I want, I want to, I want to remember. Um, cut back over to John. That motherfucker wakes up tied down, and brother, this is the most Winchester thing that this boy has ever done. He, he's just he's roped up after waking up from an from an unconscious blow to the head or or powder sleep powder in this this instance, uh, and he's told that Mary is being prepped for surgery. Um, we don't Uh-oh. know what exactly the surgery is going to be, but she's being prepped for it. Um, and uh, it's revealed that Hobbs or Jack, is his real name Jack? His real name is Jack, yes. Okay, he reveals that he's been waiting for this chance. He set all of this up, staged all of it. Um, he removed the stingers from the Akrita cop. The cop didn't survive. He lied about that, too. Um, and he tells John what he told Henry, that... They are at war, and they need to take any chance they get to to find victory. Um, and then he goes off to do the procedure on Mary, and John's going to be next. He's doing the same procedure on both of them. We still don't quite know what's going on or like what his end game is, but he really hates the Akrita. I guess that's a plus. Uh, and then we see John pull a little razor blade out and start to cut his his uh, rope off, which is again that's such classic supernatural. It's the first time I can remember in the Winchesters John doing this, but I don't know if that's true. I I feel like it is. I don't remember seeing John tied up, and uh, maybe like uh, what's his name had a had a writer about like never being tied up or something. I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is the first time that we 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 see this. What are you doing with the razor? <laughs> Why do you even yeah, have that? Is that I like- mean, Mary's probably like you got to have as you in the hunting life. You'll often be bound by the wrist. <laughs> so good to, good to have one of these tucked in your sleeve. I guess so. Um, maybe it's a nom thing. Everything John has is a nom thing. So we oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying um he as he um as he cuts himself loose we go to mary who uh blinks herself awake she's strapped to a chair she looks over and finds the uh body and sees the body of dorothea uh, on the table next to her and of course jack is she's there. like huh <laughs> she's like who the fuck is this chick i don't understand what's going on um jack explains that the creta targeted him because they didn't like him messing with their you know bodies or whatever 
Um, And because they couldn't attack him directly, they attacked his wife and left her in a coma. So he stole her body from the hospital and has been... Normal. Totally, totally chill. Has been uh, been keeping her body in a suspended, state of suspended animation since. Um, So this is... 5772. This is a little while, Chris. I don't know if you, this is yeah. a while that this has been going yeah. on. Um, and he explains that he's going to use the stingers to transfer Dorothea's consciousness into Mary's body. And I was like, well, this this just kind of sounds like you're trading in for a newer model, Omi. Like, what is, mm-hmm. <laughs> this seems like a, a weird thing. You're like 70 at this point. Like, what's yeah. going on? Uh, later, he's going to say that he's going to do the same thing to transfer himself into John's body as well. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm okay. I'm For some reason, I'm a, way <laughs> okay, well, more we're okay gonna with do that. Both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as there's not an age gap, I'm fine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about consent as long as the ages are appropriate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to make sure consent's out the window with Supernatural anyway. They don't even know what the word means. Um, it's even creepier because he's like, oh, no, I'm not like gonna kill you you'll still be in there oh yeah it's, <laughs> it's not you'll good about your love story through us uh, See mary doing the math she's like i mean okay. no no wait no no no, no <laughs> wait hold on wait no uh, oh god damn it uh john has managed to cut himself loose uh and then he runs into what looks like just a huge dude with a mask um and uh as soon as he sees this guy uh, i love this actor so much like i don't know if they purposely trained him to do this but he makes a series of sam winchester faces <laughs> where he is just like where sam winchester is literally doing the what kind of thing yeah. uh it is very funny it turns out this is going to be a golem uh from the main series uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. not near as funny as the last golem this dude just wants to punch things uh yeah so uh they 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 do a lot of punching eventually john like gets away from him manages to get into the lab uh and mary shouts out um because Jack, being the villain who can't stop explaining himself, tells her, like, oh, I've got a golem upstairs. I control him with a scroll in his mouth. And so as soon as yeah. J- John gets in the room, she's like, you got to get the thing out of his mouth. And John is like, what in the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> like, girl? Huh? We didn't read these lore books. I don't know what you're saying. Can you please um, be more specific? Uh, as John is running around like a chicken with his head cut off, thankfully, Mary is able to free herself in all the commotion. She jumps on the golem's back. There's lots of fighting back and forth. Dorothea is knocked to the ground and all the and all the uh, commotion. Um, and then Mary eventually ends up pushing the golem's head into like uh, the cre- cremation chamber, I guess you call it, and uh, slams the huge metal door on his head, which crushes his head. Fucked up, crazy. Fucked Doesn't up. Doesn't crush his head. Just fucking cuts it off at the Knocks neck. Knocks it off. Yeah. yeah, that's it's that's violent. Um, and then when the golem is still running around swinging without a head, she turns the incinerator on and uh, burns the head, burns the scroll, and the golem dies. And it falls, and this hulking mass lands on top of Jack and crushes him to death, and he dies beside his wife. Died as he lived. Damn. <laughs> trying to protect his wife, trying to bring his wife back yeah, to life. Yeah. Um, this is pretty vicious, it feels like. Like, this feels like a a level of violence that we haven't really seen in the Winchesters where these two people just absolutely just fucking die. Um, and then they go and just bury them in the woods somewhere after they salt and burn them. Uh, and I, for some reason in my notes felt the need to write grim work soldier boy. So that's what I, that's yeah. the vibe that yeah. I was experiencing. Um, Mary, because John says something about like, you know, he was trying to save his wife. Um, he just was acting out of love and Mary corrects him. It's like, that wasn't, it wasn't love. That was selfishness. Like he was willing to sacrifice his own humanity to do, he was willing to do anything to, to, to get her back. And that's just selfishness. Like promise me that we will never be that person and be, be that be that way uh and he's like never we will never be that way and i'm just screaming in my on my couch watching this because of um all of the deals and all of the things that specifically john but and to a lesser extent mary has done to save people to to save their families and things like that um and it could be considered like literally taking away their humanity and then this show yeah. just just fucking it just makes me scream in a way that I don't, I don't think any other show could possibly do apart from being a terrible father i'm thinking john's biggest deal was he sold a soul to save dean right mm-hmm. but he never did anything other than that and I'm, I'm just i'm just like trying to think the numbers so that was his big thing mary's might have been more fucked up <laughs> yeah mary did the thing to obviously bring john back to life but she was like yeah you can have my firstborn child, child in, in 10 years or whatever not even firstborn right it was like oh in 10 years i'm gonna come back and like, yeah but she 
you know, it's it's fucked up, but in the moment, like she didn't know what that was going to be. Um, she, that's that's a twinkle in her eye. That's the future. It's easy to to give up a piece of your future to save something in the present because you just don't know, right? So it's not fucked up. It's just desperate. Um, it's unwise, but you can forgive her for it. Yeah, I mean, I the guess same so. thing with John. I guess it's like, uh, it, so none of what he did was good, but at the, in the end, he just tried to to sacrifice himself to give his son another chance um that worked out well for dean he definitely didn't have any issues because of that thanks daddy um yeah i don't even know where i'm going with any of that but (laughs) things didn't really work out the way that they planned here in this scene i wish i could remember i feel like john did more stuff um how did john get out of hell because john like there was the big thing where john oh they uh they open up that that chamber or whatever in that graveyard okay. and all the ghosts out of hell, the, like the the souls from hell are able to escape. And John Winchester appears at the end of season two as a ghost to Sam and Dean. He's green screened in. <laughs> um, That's right. So he got, he escapes then. And I guess he just gets to go to heaven. Okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, I he's guess. a monster, so he should have gone to purgatory. But <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Um, I guess that's fine. I just, I think this, this show is just trying to beat us over the head with this idea of, them continually to learn lessons to not do the, all of the things that we've seen them do. Yeah, unless the we're changing show. the timeline, and I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 actually it's just very bonkers. Um, they head out, they walk off, uh, drive back. Carlos and Lata are also driving back, uh, and Carlos is like, "I can't believe you wouldn't tell me about all this stuff. Like, if I knew you could erase memories, I would have told you to erase Anton." And she's like, "Absolutely not!" And like, you really need to think about why you are saying that right now. And if then he just kind of breaks down, he's like, "Actually." You know what? I'm. I, even if you, even if you would do it, I wouldn't let you. Like I'd seen what Roxy did, uh, where she wanted to remember these things that it was important to her to remember, even though those memories hurt. Made me realize that, you know, that's that's me too. I need to remember these things. I need to remember these people. Um, and he's kind of, in a way, like opening himself up to this potential relationship and what it could possibly be, even though he knows in the hunting life, like it could be bad. It could go. It could go re- really, really wrong for him. Yeah. Um, but I guess facing the truth or facing his feelings is, is more important than, uh, any of that, any of the risk. Yeah. They, uh, they arrive at the dig site, uh, where we have, um, seen the queen. I was so surprised to see this, like, we're doing that this episode and I don't know why, but it's, it's a good cliffhanger. Yeah, it's good. Uh, they, they're like, how do we know the queen is here? This is like a construction site. And then they see our, uh, our Akrita boss lady for lack of a better term because again I don't think she has a name yet um, who they had seen previously on the attack of the when they had tried to attack the Krita the first time uh, she arrives and like oh okay that's confirmation that this is probably um, uh, th- where the queen lives uh, we jump back over to John who is going back to the Winchester garage uh, and as he walks into a dark room he's surprised to find Kyle there waiting for him Kyle is speaking very cryptically uh, Kyle is a big old nerd and dork I don't like Kyle very much mm-hmm. at all uh, but Kyle is doing this kind of classic thing where he's setting John up he says he's already called the police dude he's like he's he's gone girl John um, he's gone I've, girl I've, John I've, I haven't read or seen gone girl but I'm pretty sure that's, what, that's about <laughs> he's yeah he's totally set him up this is actually scary like because it's so it's not a monster you can kill it's it's a lie that you have to try and find your way out of he has led like a trail of like diary notes about how john's been harassing him and john has this reputation as maybe being somebody who's i don't know a bully or something like somebody who's gotten into fights and had this this rap sheet of his own we don't quite know the full story there um and Kyle has come in and basically been like sets up the sick like oh yeah we came to talk about Mary but then you beat me up and um, I've already called the cops they're on their way here then he cuts his own arm open and now we're like oh fuck he's gonna make it seem like John attacked him Uh, and no he takes it one step further and he stabs himself in the heart (laughs) so now it's going to look like John murdered him Um, Obviously, at this point, John immediately picks up, oh, you're an Akrita. Like, this, that's no mystery to John. He's just yep. got to check his neck. He's like, oh, okay, so how long have you been possessing Kyle? Like, what do you want? What's your deal? Um, but yeah, he, Kyle, like, the Akrita as Kyle kills himself. And then just when, you know, John's trying to treat the wound or do anything that he can, uh, Millie walks in. And I thought it was going to be the cops. But then it's Millie walking in. And then a minute later, you hear sirens behind her and you realize, oh, shit, they're on their way. 
Um, and that is where we are left off. And that is like, that's a cliffhanger. That's oh, yeah. a, a stressful thing. This isn't, again, this isn't a monster you can kill. This is a situation that you are in and you can't fight your way out of it. So I'm going to be really curious to see how this plays out. Part of me thinks that M- Millie's going to somehow try to take the fall. Um, I don't know. And I, I am excited to, to see what happens. I'm, um, I'm, I, the, the look at the end, I think it's really important to talk about because Millie opens the garage door, sees John um, kind of kneeling over this body, this bloody, this bloody body. And for, I think for a little bit, she, she trusts her initial reaction, which is like, oh shit, my boy done killed somebody. Yeah. Um, which thinks, makes me think, is this not the first time? It, yeah. Like, like this is happening. What is, what has he gotten in trouble for? And like, has it finally gone out? Um, like as he finally just gone too far like we we thought he was maybe being uh going to a better place like getting into a better place with the meditation or with these new friends or whatever but now he is he has definitely crossed the line into murder um and we don't have any resolution on that we don't know if she actually is going to believe him or not um i think probably she will (laughs) like she's she's gonna probably trust her boy a little bit on this especially if he's trying to like resuscitate this dude uh especially if he rolls him over and he's like look at his neck it's it's a a fucking accreta yeah like what do you want me to do um but at the same time i think it speaks a lot to the distrust that millie has in john and just not him not believing that he is like over all of his emotional turmoil and boy she only knew what's going to happen to john winchester for the rest of his life um yeah, what a, again, this is this is one of those episodes of the Winchesters um, slash Supernatural where uh, you could always sort of, sort of safely count on the fact that Supernatural had a billion more episodes after one of these because it was just Supernatural. There's 15 seasons. There's 300 episodes. Uh, yeah. Now here we are with only three episodes left, and I'm like, you need to get to the goddamn point. Like, and then they they made some stride. Like I'm, I'm into it, but like, what, you need to get into some Dean Winchester shit like pretty quick. I need to know what's going on with that. I need um, it. I need it. But I'm 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 very excited about this episode. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, like, and it does a lot of work, if that makes sense. So yeah, um, I'm very excited for what's to come. So yeah, I'm on board still. Any any final thoughts? No, I'm, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for uh, writing into us on social media. Thank you for leaving ratings and reviews, which you can always do on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any service that supports ratings and reviews. We should be on all of them. Um, thank you especially to our patrons over at patreon.com slash sponsor for the week for continually, continually supporting the podcast. We will be back next week with more of the Winchesters teased with take a breath. Bye everybody. Hello. I just sneezed so hard it changed my whole outlook on life. Oh no! <laughs> it's one of those where it just—I mean, I felt the comment, and you just you know let the sneeze ring out. Um, but then it felt like it came from parts of me that I didn't know a sneeze could come from, and I thought, "Whoa, <laughs> uh oh!" Do you have a back injury now? <laughs> I, I'm lucky that I don't. Let's just put it that way. Should I be worried? I, I looked outside and I couldn't find my wife. Um, and I'm sure she's just doing horse stuff. Um, so I just texted her like, hey, I'm about to go record. Um, but she hasn't read the text message yet. So uh, I don't do you know. Hear, do you hear the horses? I, I went out there. I saw the, all three horses. Uh, they're, but no they're, wife? No wife. <laughs> Which, I mean, she could be in the barn, like, fixing food for them or something. If you like, need she, to go check. I, I, I'm good. Like, I feel like she's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would have seen her on the ground if something major had happened. Like, um, Sure. But well, I guess we'll see. It's wild watching. So she, I think I told you, she brought the, she has three horses. She brought the third one home. Um, so this is, we've had Simon, which is her oldest horse for a long, long time. And then she bought Party Boy to be Simon's companion here. Party Boy is the mini horse. Uh, and now Party she's. Party Boy is such a funny name. Party Boy is such a great name. Uh, and so she brought Meatball home. Oh, that's a good name too. Um, and Meatball is uh, a little bit. He, he's he's like middle. He's like he's young-ish, right? He's like mm-hmm. adolescent compared to Party Boys two, and then a child compared to Simon's twenty-seven years old. Um, Damn, Simon! 
Simon's old as fuck, dude. Um, she had Simon, like I met Simon the day I met Autumn, which is pretty weird. Uh, wow. But th- I thought like she was, she was really worried because they thought she was, she was going to be like, she thought Meatball was going to be kind of aggro. Um, so she put Simon in like the paddock and then had uh, party boy and Meatball. Cause that was the two she was really concerned about, like in the pasture together. Um, and then they, they started, they like sniffed at each other and there was some like, Ooh, kind of stuff uh mm. and then they started running around the pasture which was really cute um and then all of a sudden from from the paddock we hear like simon <laughs> like i could get into, and i'll look over and he's like running up and get to the fence of the paddock like what the fuck is happening over there why am i not included <laughs> so autumn walked over let him out uh, simon again old man basically crippled with the spinal thing that he has runs ass into the pasture uh runs over to the other two and they start like sniffing at each other and like i guess getting to know you but like everybody seems pissed at each other simon like threw a leg <laughs> out and like i think oh, maybe shit. got meatball i can't couldn't really tell um it was it was really weird so I mean, i'm sure it's just like horses learning to live with one another like i don't think it's gonna yeah. be a big deal but it was that's how i greet most of the people that i've ever you know shared feet, a space with you know i moved first. into college <laughs> met my roommate for the first time kicked him I in just the face throwing a leg out you know? yeah 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 gotta gotta come feet first i do associate a lot of farm noises with my old college room oh that's weird i forgot all about farm bill he would um and i'm sure i've said this over the years but we he didn't live at in our room like ever i think uh-huh. he stayed at his aunt's house or something which was like right next to our college i was always confused by it but i was certainly not one to complain because i was alone all the time um but every time he would come back to the room, I would always be like blasting music or something. And then he'd walk in and I'd be like, oh, hi. And he'd be like, no, you don't have to turn it off, even though I could tell it very much made him uncomfortable. Uh, and then he would go play Farmville. And then I'd like, wait a minute to be like, I'm not turning the music off because of you. I'm just doing it because I feel like it. So I'd give it like two minutes and then I'd get up and turn it off. And be like, All right, I'm done. Um, I don't know where I'm going with any of that. But, you know, horses, horse life. <laughs> horse life, dude. Horse That's what life. it was like living in the college dorms. I had a new hire at work who's way younger than me, but he graduated from the same college that I went to and like stayed in the same dorm. So I was like, this is tripping me out. This is making me really feel like an old man that I, I did that 10 years ago. And you're saying that you just did that last year. It was, it was a bizarre experience. What you been doing this weekend, Chris, you've been, you've been bacheloring it up. Are you, I've been bachelor. So I tried to play inscription. Yes. Right. Uh huh. Really? I've heard such great things about it and i think it was free on ps plus so i downloaded it it's like a card game yep as somebody who doesn't know a lot about many card games it reminded me of um Yu-Gi-Oh. okay sure <laughs> it's yeah. in terms of its rules uh-huh. um uh-huh. but the card game was really really interesting but that's not what the game is like you you're not just playing cards you're sitting at a table in a dark room and there's a, a person across from you and you can only see their eyes like kind of glowing in the dark and you can stand up from your seat and you can walk around this room that you're in and kind of investigate things. You get game over and then you start over from, from the beginning. And the first time that I lost got game over, started over from the beginning, it like continues the story kind of, it's like that's wrapped into the narrative. So I thought, Oh, okay, this is cool. Um, and then you poke around the room, you gain some more cards to give yourself an advantage by solving some puzzles, and then you get back into the game and you, and you keep doing it. And I first struggled a little bit, but then I got into the groove of it, was enjoying it. Then we recorded yesterday, and then I was like, I'm going to go play it again. Got into the groove of it for a little while, but then just kept losing to the second boss. And then I'd get up, poke around the room, try to find some stuff, couldn't do it. Uh, would go back in, get like a surefire plan of like, this is how I'm going to beat this boss uh, and then i would lose to a random encounter before the boss and, and and get game over and i just did the same section of the game over and over and over again and i realized oh this isn't part of the game you're not supposed to be this bad at it you're supposed to win <laughs> at a certain point so that you can proceed onward um and so i uninstalled it just because i was like if i don't uninstall it i'm gonna keep doing this all day and i'm gonna get really frustrated uh but then last night I was like, I wish I had not installed it because I kind of want to give it another try. So I probably will give it another try and just try to take my time with it. But because I think I had it in my head that this was like a very narrative driven experience and that losing would be kind of part of the narrative. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that like, no, 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 this is kind of like a roguelike or roguelite in that way where mm-hmm. you kind of have like a random set of starting parameters every time and you have to go through and, and make the most of it. And I have not been making the most of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it can be really frustrating. Uh, I, I fell off, I think, around the same time that you did. So I was really, really intrigued by that game to because of the atmosphere and like all of the kind of aesthetic of it. Um, and then mm-hmm. I enjoyed like the first few. Uh, runs I did quite a bit um, but then as the game kind of ramped up difficulty as you started unlocking more stuff I was just like I was just overwhelmed and I was like yeah. I can't figure out how to win like I am <laughs> yeah. I am Which doing is a bummer poorly because I think the game is really cool like the card yeah. game mm-hmm. but uh, for me the problem is I always want to jump right back in when I lose like let me try that again but because this narrative thing wrapped around it where I won't say what happens, but there's a pretty prolonged process that you have to go through choosing different options and stuff when you get game over. You can't just like, it's not just game over. All right, start over again. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to go through this little process and then you're going to start at the beginning and we're going to give you this narrative structure again and you have to walk across this map and like all of that. If I was, I don't know if I, if you just click right back in, I think I would have had a better time or been able to stick with it because of my patience level. Mm -hmm. Um, but because it starts off or ends off with you having to go through this this process every time you get game over, I just was like, I don't want to sit through that again. I don't want to do that. I don't care if it's prepping me for next time. I just I want to play the game again. I yeah. want to try again. Let me try again. I you know, if if you were able to try again from uh, a boss or a checkpoint or something like that, and maybe there are checkpoints later on. But if I had been able to just try again at that boss, I would have stuck with it all day until I beat it because I was enjoying it to that degree. But, you know, having to do the whole thing put me out of it. But I, maybe I'll try it again because there's obviously something there. And I was thinking about it a lot last night. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. I think that game has a habit, uh, has a way of getting in your head where you're like, oh, I have kind of want to play more of this until something, you know, until other video games come along. And you're like, oh, no, I'll just play other mm-hmm. video games. I didn't uninstall it because um, I'm not I'm not that dude. But uh I bought a hard drive for my PlayStation Five, so oh, I can yeah. just I can just have as many games as I want to on that motherfucker. Uh, I can have like three games because one of them is um, uh, Jedi Survivor, which is yeah, like one hundred and forty gigs. gigs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, they're saying like Baldur's Gate Three on the PlayStation is going to be hundred plus gigs too, and I'm just like, oh Jesus! Are you Christ. looking forward to that? You know. I'm yes is the short answer. Uh, My answer is the same. Is um yes. <laughs> um, I'm very intimidated by. It. I don't really have a lot of experience with D and D or uh with the, like the tabletop variety. I don't have a lot of experience yeah. with the uh, video games that make use of the D and D like mechanics and rule sets and stuff. Um, but that looks like a. It looks like they have made a a wild fucking video game, and I just I feel like if I. I, I'm a smart dude. I can learn to do math yeah, or whatever yeah. the game wants me to do. Like I'm, I just feel like it's going to be worth putting the time in. Um, I felt the same thing with Divinity: Original Sin. My problem with mm-hmm. Original Sin Two is I, somebody had said it was a co-op game, uh, and it is. Like it, you can play that. Like you can play you and somebody in the room with you can play that game at the same time, which is kind of an interesting way to approach that. Uh, so I was like, Hey, Autumn, we like Diablo. Like, let's play this game that is nothing like that whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, and I don't think she dug it. And it I, looks the same, like from like a screenshot. You could be like, yeah, these are similar. Yeah, yeah. Autumn doesn't have the patience to skip. Like when we're doing side quests in Diablo, she's like skipping through dialogue. When she, we're right, doing right, the right. main story in Diablo, like she's skipping through everything. She just she all she wants to do is get loot, kill monsters, get better loot, kill better monsters. She's a purist. Yeah, yeah. She she's just here for the combat, and the combat in Diablo is extremely quick and fast. And I don't know. I think in this one I was I had it in my head that I was like I bet I can get Autumn and I'm like nah I'm probably just gonna probably just gonna play this one by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried Divinity, bounced off of it. I tried uh, not Pathfinder. There was a um, I think it may, may have been like a Kickstarter game. It was very much in the vein of those types of games. I, can't I am struggling to remember what you're talking, but it definitely starts with a P, and I'm trying to remember yeah. what it is. Uh, um, but I, I played that and I. Remember, I think it was when I was doing the video game podcast with my friends, where and then I went that night to tell everybody, like, "Oh, this is so cool! I just had so many cool experiences." And but I can never stick with those types of games. I've played the original Baldur's Gate, I maybe five hours of it, because uh, I I never played D and D, but I used to always read the D and D Forgotten Realms fantasy novels in high school. So mm-hmm. I've always wanted to get into those worlds, and I can do the <laughs> really simple like Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games, those like hack and slash games. You know, those are very very easy. Um, but yeah, I, I love the idea of CRPGs, but I have never really been able to click with them. And you said like, I'm smart enough. And I think, yeah, I think I am, but do, I don't, I don't think I have the patience. And it's the same reason that I struggle 
with MMOs. Uh, I can get really into Final Fantasy XIV, but as soon as the pressure's on, I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I don't want to worry about every little stat and every, you know. I much prefer a challenge, a challenge that's shaped like Dark Souls, where it's like a, it's player skill, but I guess maybe that's more muscle skill than mm-hmm. like it is like. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to memorize stats. I just have to know when to press circle to dodge the the big sword swinging at me. I can handle that, and I like that. Uh, And same thing with JRPGs, which is, you know, not that different in essence from a CRPG because it's, like, you know, turn-based, making these decisions, leveling up characters, changing their stats. But I think with a JRPG, just the way that that's presented, I'm so accustomed to that that it just it's very palatable for me. It makes a lot of sense. Um, or CRPGs, I just get lost. I get tangled up. I see those little guys. I got like four party members. They're all running around. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and the, the rules of D&D were always very confusing to me. Every time I've tried to play D&D, I have found myself very confused. Steve was texting me about cantrips, which is something that they use to cast yeah. spells. Mm-hmm. I just kept reading the word as catnip. I thought he was saying catnip. I'm like, are you playing as a cat person? What's going he, on? He probably, no, and Steve, he probably is playing yeah, as a cat yeah. person, cat person. So that's that's to, to be expected. Um, I, I, yeah, am, it's just, I think I, it's just a little overwhelming. I really want to check out Baldur's Gate 3, but I'm, I think that I won't be good at it and I probably won't stick with it, which is I'm, my concern. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to I'm going to try it as hard as I can. Um my my concern is kind of similar to you that like I much more, I lean on the action side of things when it comes to RPGs. So like in in a like mentioning Dark Souls like that's a combat oriented game with like real time action combat. So like I know when to hit the dodge to dodge the thing, yeah. and I know when to hit the the, the R one to to hit the thing back when it's when I have a free shot. Uh, versus something like some of these CRPGs, which are really heavy on the tactics, um, like mm. positioning your characters, um, getting <laughs> again, which is crazy. I love tactics games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm very bad at them. That's the thing that that scares me the most. Is like I feel like what I want to do in this game is like become an all powerful wizard in every combat mechanic. It's just me ca- casting Faraga on the entire universe and just blowing right. it up. Um, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't. You may be able to do that. I have no idea. Uh, but I, I am. I'm going to be intimidated. I'm going to try to do the thing where I just like go in with an open mind and, and, and like, I'm going to experience this. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try my best to experience and get into it and, and actually learn the systems. But it does seem extremely overwhelming when you start reading anything about the game, like 140 hours of uh, fully voiced cutscenes, um, like a ton of different, like, I don't. What does it matter if I start as like a cat person? I don't know. I don't know what the implications right. of the world is. Right. Why can I talk to animals? I don't know. Like I don't. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe I don't want to hear <laughs> what the animals have to say. Like there's a bunch of weird decisions that you have to make up front that I am very intimidated by. I think part of it really does come down to the the physical way in which you engage with these types of games. They are computer role playing games, and I think they are best played sitting in front of your computer, like close to the monitor, mm-hmm. to really be upfront with it at least for me because anytime i've tried to play one of these games on a console which is already it's being adapted mouse and keyboard controls to a controller which can be a little bit tricky i think that developers have gotten really good at making that stuff work um but when i'm sitting on the couch with the tv across the room playing a game like this already i'm squinting to read the text but i just feel like there's a literal there's a separation between me and the game i just remembered saying all this that I played Neverwinter Nights in high school, and that was very similar to one of these types of games. And I, I think I played the, the entirety of that game, but I played it on PC. And just being able to engage with it on a literal close level like yeah, that. Yeah, like being kept, able to look kept into kept it. To me yeah. like, okay, I'm in it, I'm here, I'm sitting in front of the screen, I'm reading all this stuff. When I'm across the room, I don't, I'm like, no, I don't want to be dealing with all this, you know? And that's such a weird, weird, small thing. But for me, I think that is something. I think that mental distance is No, is I, real. I get you. I, I, I can totally see that because when you're sitting at a computer screen, like you were, your whole attention is aimed towards the screen. Like it's going to mm-hmm. consume most of your vision. Like there's nothing really on the outside that you can really be like. I mean, there is, but like it's harder to get distracted. Like I'm, I am. St- my whole attention is pointed towards the screen. I'm going to pay attention to it. Uh, versus like my living room, which is in the same situation where I'm just like, oh, people are talking. Let me let me check my phone real quick. Uh, yeah. Which is <laughs> really trying to break myself of those 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 habits, but um, it's it's difficult. Man, I my my sister and brother in law were here. Um, 
last weekend and uh my brother-in-law was like we were just chilling out i don't remember what happened but he was like put on some video games like what you got and i was like oh let's go see what's like new on game pass and so we were kind of scrolling through game pass games on the xbox and um we got one where you just like shoot a lot of dinosaurs i think it's like exo primal or something it's like a oh, co- yeah. co-op shooter and he was like dude let's fuck up some dinosaurs i'm like let's fuck up some dinosaurs man the <laughs> amount of fucking talking and moving through the game world that you have to do before you can fuck up a dinosaur is incredible I mean, we were both like, I was jamming on the skip button, be like, bring me a dinosaur to fuck yeah. up. Like, where is the dinosaur? And eventually we got in and it was like fun and like it was okay. And then I don't know, I played like two rounds of it. I was like, well, I don't ever need to play this game again. Like, this is, this is not great. <laughs> Uh, but man, I get I get so tired of the like game, video game intros nowadays of just being like just taking fucking forever to get to get mm-hmm. into the game proper. So I, I was um, I was thinking about Eco recently. Yeah, and Eco there's a there, I mean there's an opening movie. I think the opening movie plays before the start menu, or at least part of it does, where the knights on their horses or wherever they are, they, they bring Eco into the castle. Uh, at least part of it, I think, plays before you actually press start. But then you press start, you get in there, and then it's just like, okay, go. Yeah. Nobody, nobody speaks to you for a very long time. When they do, it's in a made-up language, and it's very short. They don't tell you what buttons to press. They don't tell you anything. And it's not like not having any tutorial prompts is a fantastic thing or anything. But I, you, know, you and I, I think, really, really, really click with those types of experiences um which again i always think this is such a bizarre take for me to have considering i like games like that shadow of the colossus eco dark souls where it's like i don't really even know what anybody's talking about and i don't care um and then i on the other hand i play all these jrpgs extremely wordy jrpgs which is all they do is talk but it's like i go there for that talking experience for that reading experience to a degree but then every other video game I play, I'm like, I don't, no, 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 I don't want that. I want everyone to be quiet. Like when I play a horror game, you know, that's my biggest thing. I need this, the protagonist to not say anything um, or for them to just, you know, do a plithy one-liner every once in a while. That's fine. Um, but there's a, there's a, I need all that put into the background if I'm yeah. going to really enjoy the video game. I'm, um, I've been playing the game Remnant uh, 2 mm. lately uh, and it's often described. The first one was described a lot to me as Dark Souls with uh, guns. Um, and the only game that I've really played that was even relatively successful with that was Immortal Unchained, um, where, um, which was like a sci-fi kind of universe. And then like the video game publisher went out of business, so you can't even find any of that stuff. Oh, like it's, it's, it's just gone from digital markets now. It's really weird. Um, but this one, I bounced off the first one pretty hard, and I bought the second one just because I kept seeing stuff about it. And I was like, you know what? A third-person shooter. Like, I might be into that. Mm. Um, and it does the same thing. There's a lot of, like, upfront dialogue with proper downs that, that, you know, it's doing, like, the Dark Souls item description storytelling. You find weird NPCs that say weird things to you. Um, you have to give them weird stuff to be able to progress their quest, things like that. I think I've already messed one quest up, which is a bummer, but hey, what are you going to do? Um, but... The the actual gameplay reminded reminds me so much of like the Undead Parish where you're just like moving mm. through this environment like you see a dude and you're like I have to think about how I'm going to approach them and I'm I'm playing the hunter archetype which is like a class so I just the way that I approach them is to shoot them from across the level it's great it's no problem yeah. <laughs> I have a scope every time I level up I get like a bonus damage to and like extra feet that I can <laughs> like I can I, like now I can now I can shoot stuff up 320 feet away. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, like it's a when it starts to, when it stops to talk to you, it's just it's just it's just so long, and your character's not doing anything. And I complained about this with Final Fantasy sixteen, like it's not framed correctly. Right. Like Dark Souls does this, where you just talk to Dark Souls. You talk to a person, you could run away in the middle of the conversation if you want to. <laughs> and this game like freezes. You can't even move the camera, which I find uh. very strange. Uh, like you can't control the like the, the you can skip the dialogue. I mean, like you can just kind of skip through. And the dialogue, like the, all of the performances are great. Like it's it's as weird as you would want it to be. I think I have just like met my limit on this particular type of storytelling. Like I'm just kind of over it in general. Like I, I just. I just just give me the fucking story. Final Fantasy was really good about this. They just gave me the fucking story. They just told me what was going on constantly. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Video games are weird nowadays, dude. I'm trying to think of like how was Ghost of Tsushima, um, which I played and platinumed and really liked that game when I played it. And it's funny I didn't buy it until the day it came out because I was like, this looks stupid. I'm not into this because I think generally speaking, the like AAA Sony first party big things they don't really appeal to me for some reason. 
Um, but this one was, you know, Samurai, and I love Samurai, so mm-hmm. I I gave it a shot. I'm thinking, like, did this do all that, like, annoying story stuff that just drives me nuts? And I don't know. I think that you would definitely you would go from place to place, and you would see cutscenes. But I've, when I'm thinking about that game, I don't remember really much of the story whatsoever, because I think so much of that game is just going around the world doing stuff, and that's why it works. But when these games they just want to talk at you so much that's what really yeah. drives me away we've been we've been discussing this topic like for like six years just slowly oh, trying yeah, to parse so what, what our limits are for video <laughs> game dialogue <laughs> it's very funny one day we'll get there one day we'll figure yeah. out what it is about video games that make us like them and not like them chris maybe one day if we just keep talking about it we'll figure it we'll finally figure it out but until then until we then can talk about the winchesters we have the winchesters <laughs> 